Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Join me for the ultimate team mom deep dive. This is more than just a recap show. I'll scour the internet to bring you all the best drama that MTV didn't air. From police reports to deleted tweets, I've got the details on all the fights, breakups, and arrests of our favorite MTV train wrecks. If you think the moms bring the drama on TV, just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi guys, welcome back to Feathers in My Hair. Um, I'm trying something new this week, although hopefully you won't hear any difference on your end. But instead of recording from my bed, I am sitting at my roommate's desk in the office chair that I smuggled out of my office. Just kidding, I didn't really smuggle it. We have like a thousand extra chairs for some reason because we never throw anything out in my office and I brought it home. I decided I didn't feel like laying and I would sit at the desk. So hopefully I sound okay. But yeah, this week has been a lot. So I didn't really want to address this on the podcast. Um, It's kind of been going on for two weeks But last week, I purposely just didn't mention anything about it because, I don't know, I don't know how relevant it is, but I've been getting a lot of tweets about it, there's been Facebook posts about it, and so I figured I would address it. So, as I'm sure a lot of you notice, because if you care to listen to feathers in my hair, you probably care to check on Teen Mom Reddit uh, that the sub went dark or private this week, and it's kind of in an upheaval. Um, So I'm going to briefly, as briefly as I can, explain what's going on, Um, and I'm going to put in the description (laughs) when I'm, like, the time to skip ahead to if you don't want to hear about this, because it's not for everybody, and I know not everybody's interested in what's going on on Teen Mom Reddit, but like I said, I got a lot of tweets, like, a lot of tweets, and (laughs) a lot, not a lot of Facebook posts, but Facebook posts about it, so I'm going to address it. So, as you guys know, I am pretty active in the Team Mom Reddit. I've been on Reddit for quite a few years, uh, over five years, and on the Team Mom Reddit for two and a half. I can't really remember exactly when I found it, but I've been on the Team Mom Reddit for a while and an active user since I've been on it. But I'm active, like, all over Reddit. Uh, I love to read relationships. If you guys don't read that, like, you're fucking missing out. People are crazy. Legal advice, another one where people are crazy. Uh, But, yeah, so I'm active on Reddit. So, oh, what happened? Honestly, it's, like, it's very hard to explain, and I want to explain it in a way that, like, makes sense because it's also one of those things that's, like, if you're not active in not just Reddit, but in the teen mom, like, Reddit world, it might be hard to understand. So I apologize in advance if none of this makes any sense. But I guess I'll just start with, so um, when Tom was, Tomlin was on, she discussed, like, that she was on Teen Mom Junkies, which was huge. And when Teen Mom Junkies, like, uh, folded, a lot of people came over to Reddit, Also, the IMDb message boards had a Team Mom message board that those message boards got shut down, so they came over to Reddit. Uh, People were unhappy with the Facebook group, so they came over to Reddit. And Team Mom, the sub, went from, like, you know, 1,000, 2,000 active users. Like, when I first found it, there was very few people on it. So it went from, like, a few thousand active users to, like, 15,000 within a year, which is a lot. I mean, of course, not all 15,000 are active. Most people are lurkers. There are a ton of people who have multiple accounts, but it became a very, very large sub. Now, it kind of outgrew the moderation, and there was a lot of, like, moderation turnovers and a lot of debates on how the sub should be modded, and in the initial ter- initial turmoil of this, there was a sub created called Meta Teen Mom. Now, in Reddit, there's like this popular thing where Meta subs will be created to discuss. <laughs> so fucking crazy to discuss like the going ons of uh, the sub that it's created to talk about. Uh, I know for like makeup art or beauty guru, there's like beauty guru circle jerk. Sometimes it's known as circle jerking. But this is, like, not something unique to the Teen Mom fandom. Like, a lot of Reddit subs, especially the bigger, more popular ones, will have, like, meta 
subs so that the users can kind of bitch about what's going on. So I was, I have been active on both the regular Teen Mom Reddit and the Meta Teen Mom Reddit. Well, in the last like six months, I would say people started to get really fed up with the, what they were seeing as the over-moderation of the Teen Mom subreddit. Tons of comments being removed, removed, tons of posts being removed, a lot of rules just running like really, really strictly, especially compared to a lot of other uh, Reddit subs that are much larger. So people are annoyed. The meta is really cranking up. And the moderators on the Team Mom sub started coming over to the meta to defend themselves, which created, you know, like not a great environment. It was really counterproductive. It, it didn't really make a lot of sense. But, you know, they're humans. They're people. Just like why I don't read my podcast reviews anymore because it hurts my feelings. I like if I see a negative one, even though almost all of them are positive, but the negative ones like hurt my feelings and I have to physically stop myself from doing it. I can understand like why they wanted to come over and defend themselves. Okay. So within the last two-ish months, I very rarely talk about feathers in my hair on Reddit. The fact is I'm not on Reddit to self-promo. As I said, I've been on Reddit for five years. I want to talk about Teen Mom and whatever else I talk about in other subs, but my main purpose of being on Reddit is to talk about Teen Mom, not to promote my podcast. When it's relevant, I would bring it up, and on Sundays, there's this thing called a Sunday shit post, which is basically just like everybody can leave comments that like aren't really productive. I would always say like, hey, check out my new episode. This went on for months. When I first started the podcast, um... I had spoken to the mods, they let me make a whole post, like, people would ask me about it, I would, like, respond about what my podcast was, but I really rarely mentioned it. Um, And one Sunday, my comment got removed. It was when Jessie was on, actually, because I had said, like, hey, like, because Jessie's also on Reddit, and she was like, I was like, hey, like, Jess, you know, I had on this user, I don't know if Jessie wants me to say her fucking Reddit name, so I'm not going to, but uh, I had... Jesse on, you guys should come listen. So the comment got removed for self-promo. And I was like, what the fuck? This is like not, this doesn't really make sense because literally at that point, especially like the only place I'd been mentioning my podcast was in those Sunday shit posts. And if anybody would like, like sometimes like people would like see my, you know, like see a comment they knew it was me and they'd be like, hey girl, like loved your pod this week. And then somebody else would be like, oh, you have a podcast. And of course I would answer it because why wouldn't I? I was not spamming in any way, shape or form. I'm not interested in spamming. Like I said, I just like to talk about teen mom on Reddit. That's why I have this fucking podcast. So I like to talk about teen mom. I was, I'm a very active user. I have a lot of fucking comments, a lot. And as far as Reddit guidelines go, they, the rule of thumb, although there's no like hard and fast rule, is that 10% or less of your content should be about your product. Basically, it's like you should be a person that reddits and happens to have a product, not a product that gets on Reddit. And I was like well under 10% because I'm fucking on Reddit all day long and commenting all day long. So I messaged the mods and I was like, hey, like, I don't really understand why my comment was was removed. This doesn't really make sense Uh, because I only mention it on Sundays. You guys know I don't spam. I always follow the rules. And like when the old mod was active, like she was totally fine with me posting it. And basically like what ended up happening is I kind of snapped on the main mod because I was like not pleased. But literally, guys, I didn't like say like fuck you. I was like this is kind of bullshit and I think you know it. And then like... Within 14 seconds, I messaged her back and I was like, hey, that was unnecessarily aggressive. Like, I'm really sorry about that. Like, you're just doing your job. I'm not pleased, but like, I'll follow the rules. And basically what they told me was like, I could not mention feathers in my hair anywhere on the subreddit. Even if somebody like commented and said like, hey, I heard you have a podcast. What's the name of it? I would have to private message them, which I followed. I fucking followed it. And I sent out multiple private messages of people who would fucking, like, comment, like, hey, what's the name of your podcast again? And I'd have to send them a private message and be like, hey, not allowed to talk about this on the main. But whatever. I'm not a mod. It's not my rules. 
But what I would do was I would occasionally bitch about it on the meta because that's literally the point that I thought the mods were being heavy handed and unfair and not letting me comment at all about my podcast. So since then, I, you know, they had gotten like this happened when like a couple new mods had come on and they were all modding under what was called alt accounts, which is where like you have basically a burner account. Um, that's probably, I should probably just call them burners. I think that makes more sense than saying alts for people that aren't into Reddit. So since then, like these burner mod accounts, like have, I think been out for me, at least in my opinion, like, I know that sounds dramatic, but I think one of the mods, I don't know their, like what their regular usernames were, was somebody that just didn't like me. And all of a sudden, like a ton of my comments were getting removed, like, for bullshit reasons. So, flash forward to two weeks ago, <laughs> I decided, even though I never watched a show live, that I was going to watch a show live and participate in what is their live thread each week. And, you know, the thing, it was the episode where they talk about Jace being bad and hitting people, Barbara specifically. And I left a comment that was basically like, guys, can we all as a sub agree that we are not going to bash Janelle for what's going on with Jace because really we don't know if it's Jace or if it's Barbara or if it's more likely like a part of his brain chemistry that's making this happen. And almost right away my comment gets removed for child bashing. And I was like, why the fuck did it get removed? for? That's not child bashing. And the mods then temporarily banned, banned me from the sub for seven days for child bashing. Which is so ludicrous because I worded it in like the most careful way possible to not speculate on his mental health. But Jace has a diagnosed like behavioral issue, which is ADHD, which is affected by his brain chemistry. He is on medication and he's on, he goes to a psychiatrist and now he's going to start seeing a therapist and pretend, pretending like he does not have this is outrageous. So I was pissed. Because it's, un- like, it's unfair. And I spent a lot of time on Teen Mom Reddit, and I'm a big contributor, and I just, I thought it was bullshit. So I made a post on the meta, like, basically saying, like, I got banned, this is fucking bullshit, and I also think it's stigmatizing that the mods are saying that we can't talk at all about Jace, but we can cl- talk until we're blue in the face about Allie and her disability. I think it's bullshit that we're pretending like mental illness is bad. If we are discussing it in a respectful manner, like I was, and I know I was, then I don't see the problem with it. Well, uh, the the mods were not pleased, and they came into the thread and, and talked themselves in fucking circles and looked like idiots, if I do say so myself. And um, it got like 500 comments, which is crazy for a meta post because it's a much, much smaller sub. Basically, it was, like, a ton of people defending me, only a few people, like, disagreeing with me. Obviously, like, I'm sure there were more people who disagreed with me, but they weren't commenting in it. That's fine. But basically, the thread, like, blew up, and a lot of people were fucking pissed. And one of the mods, like, released private messages with another user, which is, like, really against what they call reticate. And it just, it was just a mess. And I even messaged, like, the Metateen mom mods and I was like hey like if you want to lock that thread and lock means that like the thread is closed up but you can't but like you can see it but you can't comment on it like if you want to lock that thread like I understand I feel like it's just beating a dead horse well later that night meta goes private which like nobody had any fucking clue why Tomlin who was on the show two weeks ago um she was a flare mod which is like kind of a sub mod she had no fucking idea what was going on none of us had any idea what was going on so in the meantime i created like a new subreddit that was like hey what's going on we were all very concerned that people had been doxxed now if you don't know what doxing is it's spelled d-o-x-x it's basically like revealing people's personal information on the internet um and while all this is happening so this is like the major fighting is going on on the meta. While this is happening, um, the main mod, her screen name or her Reddit username is Lizella. Um, Lizella makes a post basically saying like she got doxxed. So 
So we're all flipping out because we're like, oh, shit, like, hopefully the meta mods didn't get docs. Like, because I'd always really liked the meta mods. They weren't responding to anybody's uh, private messages. We're like, oh, my God, this is really bad. And people are saying, like, Zeus, which, by the way, my Reddit username is Zeus134. They were like, Zeus, like, this is your fault. Like, joking around, like, your thread blew it up. And I was like, no, 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 there's no way. I'm, like, pretty sure this has to do with doxing because it's the only thing that makes sense. Um, you know, it's the only, why else would they shut the sub down without noticing or without like any notice or reaching out to anybody, even Tomlin, who's one of the mods, this doesn't make any sense. So we wait like 24 hours and no post comes up. So I decided to create a private subreddit, a private team mom subreddit, which just means that like, it's not secret, but it means that you have to be in the group to see the posts or any comments. It's like a Facebook group, essentially, except way harder to fucking mod because it is not user intuitive. Let me tell you, I had no fucking idea how to do any design stuff, anything. Facebook is way easier to mod. <laughs> but uh, basically, it was just like, okay, doc- people are getting doxxed. Everybody's on edge. Like, let me just create this space. We can keep it small because you have to understand, like, a lot of us spend a lot of time on Reddit and we're like, I mean, I've had Tomlin on, I've had Jesse on, you know, like, I'm in private messaging with people like we we form friendships just like you guys I'm sure do if you're on the Facebook group we form friendships and you know I decided (laughs) to form this group and I even invited the meta mod well the one that I could remember her fucking username because I'm I can never remember anybody's username or like exactly what it is unless I'm staring at it (laughs) so I invited her. I was like, guys, if anybody knows their real accounts, like, please reach out to them and invite them in here. Like, we want them. This is going to be a replacement meta because it seemed like meta wasn't coming back. Well, 24 hours after that, so this is about 48 hours after the meta initially went dark, we have a new sub with about 75 people at that point in it. Because, like I said, we're all very close knit. And, like, everybody private messages each other. And, like, all it takes is me inviting, like, five people. And they have the five people that they private message with, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, All it takes is, like, all of a sudden we have, like, 75 users that I had to, like, basically personally approve, which is fine. Um, Basically, the meta comes back and writes, like, this nasty-ass thing. Basically implying, I've said basically 7,000 times. But implying that a lot of the users had been bullying and they made a bunch of, they banned a bunch of people, including me, which like I, they called our sub a copycat sub and like said that we had left them out, which like LOL, um, we did not. It was really stupid and dumb and they banned basically like the most popular users, including Tomlin, who was a fucking mod and, (laughs) and not only did they, like, ban their most popular... Not popular. Popular is not the right word. When I say popular, I mean, like, ban the people that created some of the most content there. So they banned... They banned it. They banned the biggest content creators. And they wrote this, like, nasty welcome back post that just, like, infuriated their regular users. Everyone's like, well, fuck that. I'm done with the meta. Okay, so flash forward a week... Uh, it's been, like, deader than dead at the meta. They haven't done, like, their usual posts. Like, nobody's commenting there because all of the regular meta users are now in my sub, which I am co-modding with a bunch of, with a couple other people. Uh, it's, like, going great. We're small. We have, we're a mix of meta. We, but we post regular stuff, too. A lot of us are banned on meta or the main, like me. Oh, and by the way, in this time, I get my temporary ban removed from... Um, the main sub, and then I'm banned again, like, permanently the next morning. I'm not giving an explanation for either the meta or the main ban, and at this point, I'm like, well, fuck it, like, why am I even gonna ask? Because I know I didn't child bash, and I know I, like, didn't do anything wrong. I know I didn't bully her or harass on the meta, so fuck that. I don't really care. I have my own sub. It's fine. And I can still read the content on the other ones, because that's the thing about Reddit. When you're banned, you can still read everything. You just can't comment. It's so silly, Reddit banning. So, you know, it's, like, been fine. So a week goes by. It's, like, not very eventful. Like, most of the drama is ending. And then all of a sudden, on Wednesday night, the sub goes dark. And by the sub, I mean teen mom. 
Reddit teen mom goes dark, which means it went private and people lose their shit. Nobody has any idea what's going on. Um, one of the mod posts in Meta and also another offshoot group called Shitty Teen Mom, which is just for like dumb posts, like memes and like things that don't generate discussion, that <laughs> that there's been an, a breach of security, which like, LOL, security, this is Reddit. That's ridiculous. There's no such thing as a breach of security. Um, and they've gone private and they're going to manually enter each, uh, each user that requests. And one of the mods even leaves a comment, like the good thing about being private is that banned users can't see the information and everyone's like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. So really <laughs> team mom went private. So pe- people that are banned, you know, people like me, won't be able to see their content and steal, which I'm using in quotes, steal their content. Um, then it comes out today that the main mod, Lazella, like did this behind the other mods' backs. They forced half the mod team out. Um, it's crazy. And as of now, the sub is still private. And I personally am not so sure that anybody on the main was doxxed. Now, this is like a classic case of the internet. So I've been on internet communities forever. I mean, I've literally been on the internet since like 1995 or 1996. My first AOL was like AOL 95. You know, I was like catfishing older men when I was like eight because I was a fucked up kid with a fucked up childhood. Um, I've been around, you know, I was not on live journal for 15 fucking years to not be able to recognize this shit. Now I noticed that there was kind of a power struggle when I made the meta post. Uh, The mods came out looking really bad. And like within 24 hours of that, she's saying, oh, I was doxxed. Okay. Claiming, um, you know, that one of her like minor nephews under the age of 18, that's what I mean by minor, not like a minor nephew. Wow, I'm out of my mind. (laughs) Rambling. But like someone in her family members were contacted. Um... Basically, I've noticed this happens a lot in internet threat in internet communities when the mod starts to get questioned on their power. You know, they they will often have a series of events which unfolds which makes people not want to question them because they don't want to look like the bad person. And as soon as this dox, doxing like information came out uh, about Lizella, I was like oh, that's kind of weird and coincidental. And also it doesn't really make sense that she's still actively posting. Because usually when you're doxxed, like the first thing you do is like blow up your fucking, your profile. You you don't like stay around and keep commenting on your same shit. You get the fuck out of there. If people are really compromising your information, contacting your family members, like you don't stick around. You don't keep commenting on your same account. You blow that up and if you want to still be around you create a burner and you don't let anybody know it's you so i just thought it was like very weird that she like supposedly had this awful thing oh and also at the same time like she said her father her future father-in-law had passed away like that day it was just like a series of weird events and look i'm not saying like she's lying about it but i am gonna like go on record (laughs) and say that like i have seen this before and so what these like people in charge moderators will do is like create a situation when they feel like they're losing power if you will create a situation in which they are the victim and anybody that questions them is like not taking the situation seriously so if Lizella gets doxxed and anybody says like hey this ban is bullshit or what you're doing is bullshit all she has to do is say, you're not taking doxing seriously. And then that person looks bad. And the whole sub is walking on eggshells because they feel so bad about what happened. So that's what I meant if you guys are on the Facebook when I said, like, question any doxing. Like, if it really happened, I'm sorry. And, like, I feel sorry for her and that's awful. But, like, I'm just not so convinced it did. And if it did, like, I think she might be the type of person who, like, gets off on having attention like that because a lot of people do especially on the internet um so basically the conclusion is 
I don't even know if this fucking makes sense, guys. Um, but the conclusion is, is that the meta went, or excuse me, also the meta mods today admitted that I was, my post was the prompting for them going dark, for them going private for 48 hours. They were mad at me for basically mad at that post. And they had the gall to say that Reddit admins said that I had to be banned from Meta Teen Mom for self-promotion. Now, if you guys know anything about Reddit, like, there are literal rape subs. Uh, There's, like, upskirt photos, fat people hate, which has not been banned, but, like, the red pill, like, so much racism. Like, it's disgusting. And I just find it very hard to believe that the, they're, like, basically saying they had no choice, but they had to ban me because the admins made them, which doesn't make any sense if you're familiar with Reddit, even the slightest. So, um... Basically, the the teen mom went dark so that banned users couldn't see the content. And I'm a banned user, and my comments and my thread is what prompted the meta to go dark, which is what caused a lot more drama. Um, and I am willing to say I might be partly responsible for the teen mom subreddit going private. <laughs> I... I feel like it's not a coincidence. I also want to say, like, about four hours before it went private, I made a post in my private sub, which I know Lizella has access to because it's the internet. You know, like, everybody has access to everything if they want it. Screenshots are sent. Like, private links are passed around. Like, but I made a, a post there that was, like, I saw this kind of being discussed on the main, and obviously I can't comment on it, so let's discuss it here. And then, you know, within hours, the sub is private and mods are commenting that they did it so that banned users would not be able to see the content. So, yeah. Does any of that make sense? I don't know. Thanks for bearing with me. I hope you enjoyed that story. In conclusion, I'm sorry if I'm responsible for you guys not being able to browse Teen Mom anymore on Reddit. I personally apologize. (laughs) So for the people that skipped ahead, welcome back. It's time to talk Teen Mom. So what happened this week in the Teen Mom world? Did you guys see Marriage Bootcamp with Kale and Javi finally got a fucking release date? Finally. They filmed that shit in October of last year and it's coming out in October of this year. Like, Kale literally got pregnant and had a baby (laughs) in the time it took for this to come out, whose name we still don't know. And it was revealed that Kale had sex with Javi's best friend, which I can't fucking wait to hear about i just cannot wait um i can't believe kale hasn't told us the baby's name yet i'm not pleased about that and yeah let's get to the show because i'm all hype i'm all amped up i'm all amped up okay so i'm just gonna start right off the bat with leah i need to start writing down what order i do these shows because i apologize i like completely forget by the next week like what order i did it in But, um, yeah, I'm going to start writing that down. So, Leah had a short, 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 short episode, just like she's having this whole season. Um, So, surprise, Leah's quitting college. I'm totally shocked. She said she's overwhelmed by the commute. It takes her, like, an hour and a half to get to school each day. And, you know, that's, like, not including any of the classes or any of the homework. It's just the commute. (coughs) Which, I'll be honest, like, I don't have a ton of sympathy for I'm sorry, that might make me a bad person, but I I just really don't. Like, you knew how far away the college was. Like, you know you have three kids. Leah's just so irresponsible, it's, like, kind of infuriating to watch. Like, she makes all these plans and decisions without actually, like, figuring out how she's going to do anything. And it's frustrating. It's very frustrating to watch. So she's talking to her sister. Oreo's back. I don't even know if we've seen Oreo yet. And she wants to do online classes, which is probably the worst idea that Leah's ever had. I just, Leah, you cannot do online classes. So for everybody that's been in college and has done online classes, knows like online classes are significantly harder than in-person classes. Not only does it require self-discipline, but you get so much more work. Once I had a professor, and this was a community college, 
when I was like in between. I by the way, I went to like sixteen different colleges because I was such a goddamn mess in my early twenties. <laughs> but at one of the when I was at community college, at one point, I had a professor, and she said she's like, you know, I'm doing this class online, and I'm literally giving them double the amount of work. Like they're doing double the amount of papers, double the amount of tests, because that's the only way that I can judge them. With you guys, we have in-class discussions. I can give participation points. I don't know how else to grade besides giving them more work. Um, And I don't think anybody explained this to Leah. You know, some people are really good at online classes, but Leah hasn't been in school since high school. I mean, she did classes here and there, and she needs the guidance of in-class. Like, I just... Leah, girlfriend, just say you don't want to go to college. You're not going to do online classes. You know, Leah needs to go to cosmetology school. And I don't want to hear her bullshit that she can't go to cosmetology school because they have Saturday classes or whatever the fuck bullshit she said last season. It's just really frustrating to watch Leah start stuff and then finish it or get these ideas and then, like, not put in any sort of effort, like, to figure out what the reality of the situation is. By the way... Who produces for Leah? Have we seen them at all this season? I vaguely remember a producer showing up last season when she was, like, fighting with Jeremy and they were talking to her and Victoria when Victoria and her seemed, like, fucking speeding out of their minds. But where is Leah's producers? How come we never see Leah's producers ever? They're never talking to their producers. She's never talking to her producers. We never. It's like Leah hasn't broken the fourth wall at all this season. It's very, I mean, except for this thing where the next scene is her calling Kale on FaceTime to get advice from school. And I will say, like, Kale gave her, like, really nice advice. She was like, you know, you, like, you can beat the statistic. You can be a college graduate. Like, I believe in you. Sure, take online classes. And the worst thing that can happen is that, like, you'll have to, the next semester, like, do the drag again. Like, it just... I thought Kale was very nice, and Addie was, like, yelling at the phone, like, I've seen you on Teen Mom, which, does Addie, does that mean Addie's watching Teen Mom? I feel like that's not appropriate, but, I mean, I guess I'd, like, want to show my kids themselves on TV, but I don't know. I just, I don't know. And I don't think Addie really goes to the reunion, so I think she, like, literally only knows Kale from watching TV. (laughs) Oh, boy. Um... Kale said she doesn't have the self-discipline to do it at home, but Leah thinks she can do it. So Leah goes to talk to her advisor, and the advisor is like, sure, you can do that, but online classes are hard, basically what I said. And Leah starts crying, but she withdraws from all her classes. And that's literally all that happened this week. That's crazy. We didn't get, like, any, any Leah scenes at all. But, you know... Say la vie. I guess if Leah's life's in order, we're not going to hear that much from her, which is depressing because I like a messed up Leah, but good luck at college, girl. And I'm going to take about a five second break and then we are going to discuss. Hmm, let's talk Janelle next. So, Janelle, you know, my girl, she just brings it, guys. So, they're finally at the house. They've moved in. How wonderful. Kaiser's acting crazy. He loves the new house. And they are all in the kitchen. And their pantry has, like, a glass door. And David makes a comment, like, hey, when the guys come to security, tint the windows. Which, like, lol. They live, like, 5,000 miles off the street. But, you know, you do you. You spend your money how you want to spend it, Janelle. (laughs) You let David spend your money how you want to spend it, basically. David was like, when they come, we're going to have to have them look at this glass pane because, like, it's going to break. All it's going to take is the door getting slammed or one of the kids running into it. And Janelle just, like, does not like that he said that. She's like, I just want to decorate my house. I just want to be done. It was just so silly. I mean, I think I get it. I think Janelle, like... They just keep adding more things. I think they got this modular home and then like every single possible upgrade they did, they did, they did, they did. And it pushed things back and it pushed things back. And I think Janelle is just like sick of upgrades and wants everything to be done. But David had a really good point. Like they can't have a glass pantry door because it will break because they have 17 kids living at their house. And it was just, I don't know, it was just funny, classic Janelle like can't think of the bigger picture doesn't give a fuck about the safety of her kids it's all about what Janelle wants as always 
we do get a, like a weird little clip next of Jason Barber talking in the car. And I've noticed we've gotten a couple of these this season. And Jason's like, if I throw this ice cube at the windshield, it'll bounce off and go in your mouth. And Barbara's like, then I'll choke and I'll have to do the Heimlich. Like, I don't know. It was, it was weird, but I guess it's a nice way to remind us like, hey, Barbara and Chase are still here. Um, yeah, it, it was weird. So Janelle is going to pick up Marissa and from school and has Kaiser. And I, when I first watched this, I was like, oh shit, like Janelle's doing something on her own without David. Like, I'm so, I'm so proud of her. She's doing it. Um, the car is a mess, but you know, I'll forgive it. They're moving in. And they pick up Marissa from school and she gets in the front seat, which I think you guys all know how I feel about that, that she's absolutely not old enough or ways enough to be riding in the front seat. But they just moved. The car's a mess. I'm going to let Janelle have this one. You hear that, princess? I'm going to let Janelle have this one. <laughs> um, and basically, Janelle calls David. He's on speakerphone. And she's like, okay, I'll see you soon and hangs up. And Kaiser starts screaming, and Janelle cannot deal. Like, I don't want to say she loses it, because she's not screaming. She's not, like, in classic Janelle losing it. But Janelle is, she, like, when I say she cannot deal, I mean, like, it is incredible how Janelle acts like she has never been around a child before. I mean, this is so mean, but, like, I guess she really hasn't. All of a sudden... Kaiser screaming and Janelle immediately calls David and she's like dude I don't know what to do right now he was screaming for like one second I always say one of the hardest parts about being around kids at least for me as a non-parent is the noise level like when a kid starts screaming it's very stressful I understand but that's part of parenting and if you don't want to deal with a fucking kid having meltdowns then you can't be a parent that not being able to listen to a kid scream is like very alarming for me and when I see that in a parent I'm like very alarmed I understand that it's annoying last time when I was with my best friend and her three kids the well she was three then like the three-year-old like slammed something on the table and I like I like looked at her in the eye and I was like does that sound not hurt your ears and she looked right back at me and she's like no it doesn't bother me <laughs> so and the whole time I was there with the three kids, I was like, wow, if you could reduce this noise level by 50 for 50%, I feel like this would be way less stressful. And my best friend was like, yep, the noise level, like if I could invent some way to numb this noise, I could do this a lot easier. So I get it. Crying is like the worst sound. I think everybody understands that. But them's the breaks, Janelle. You want to have a house full of kids? A house full of kids also means a house full of crying kids. And I'm not sure how Janelle missed that memo. So immediately she calls back David, puts him on speakerphone, and she's like, I'm about to lose it. And she's like doing that. I'm so bad at doing Janelle, guys. I need Troy here to like fuck. <laughs> I need Troy on to give me a Janelle impersonation. But she does that thing like she's using her angry voice. And she's just like, she's so mad. And Kaiser's a baby. He is not even three yet when they were filming this. I think he turned three in June, and this was like in April or May that they were filming this. He wasn't three yet. Like, he's a baby, Janelle. Like, babies cry. And David has to, like, she has David on speakerphone, and David has to basically say, like, Kaiser, calm down. Do you, and, like, basically threaten to put him in timeout. But they say no's in the corner, which I saw a lot of people online, like, upset about, but... I'm assuming it's just like they send him to the corner and he has to look in the corner and that's their timeout. Like, I don't give... It's timeout. I mean, I, I cannot bring myself to be angry about that. And so Kaiser, like, kind of starts crying. You can see that Kaiser is definitely getting older and more responsive because he's able to say, like, no, I don't, I don't want my nose in the corner. I mean, he doesn't say it like that, but you can tell he understands that he's being threatened with punishment and he's responding to it, which is... It's cool to see that in a kid and see him grow, grow up. So Kaiser kind of stops crying and Janelle hangs up the phone and right away he starts crying again. And Janelle's response is to say, stop crying over and over and over and over again. And she calls David back. 
he does his thing again, threatening, well, like, threatening punishment. Threatening is a terrible word to use here, because I feel feel like threatening is, like, sounds a lot angrier than what I'm describing. But basically, talking to Kaiser, hangs up again, Kaiser is crying, and all Janelle's... Stop crying. Dude, stop crying. Kaiser, stop crying. It was so alarming to watch for me. For some reason, that scene, like, really darked me out. It really upset me. Um, This season, I haven't been, like, that upset by Janelle's parenting. I know a lot of people have, but for whatever reason, I haven't been that upset about Janelle's parenting. But that scene, I was like, oh, oh, Janelle's in way over her head. And has no idea how to be a parent. And what are they going to do when Ensley starts crying? Like, when Ensley is two and Kaiser's five. And they're both screaming. You know, I, I Janelle's in so over her head. And I really think once MTV is gone, Janelle's going to be out of 5,000. I mean, I think all it takes is, like, MTV not there. So she doesn't have to prove to the world that she's a good mom constantly. And some guy that she meets. She'll meet a guy and he'll live in, like, fucking, I don't know, Colorado. And she'll just move to Colorado. And her kids will be, well, Ensley will be with David. Kaiser will be maybe with David if Nate isn't in prison for murder-suicide. And, oh, my God, by the way, guys. Oh, side note. Remember how I told you last week that in a stroke of sheer genius that I followed Nate's new girlfriend on Twitter... And how I said, always follow the shady side characters. Well, it really paid off because this week, our addiction specialist, uh, best friend, Ashley. I think her name is Ashley. I don't even know her name. But she declared that Nate did not have three to four DUIs, which is factually incorrect. He has three DUIs plus the DUI on the military base. I mean, has she not Googled him? It was such a great tweet. She said, you know, on her, I think... As I talked about last week when she's like, I think I would know if he's an alcoholic. Well, this week she declared that he does not have three to four DUIs. I mean, let's let's throw it out there that Nate only has two DUIs. I think you'd be hard-pressed to find any addiction counselor. Nate's only, I think he's my age. I think he's 29. Maybe he's a year younger. That, excuse me, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find any addiction counselor that would agree that two DUIs by the time you're 30 isn't an indicator of problematic drinking. I'm not saying you're an alcoholic. I'm not saying that at all. It's not my place to diagnose anybody as an alcoholic except for Nate. But I'm not saying that means he's an alcoholic, but even if theoretically he only did have two DUIs, like I've met quite a few addiction specialists in my day and I think they would all agree that there is bad use of alcohol going on there. And for her to get on Twitter and say that he does not have three to four DUIs is hilarious. And I'm wondering if she just hasn't Googled him because it's it's all Google accessible, guys. <laughs> I mean, everything's everything's on ye old Googs. It, it comes up all the time. It's all over sarcasm. I mean, he's a public figure. It's so funny. Um, Where was I? I got sidetracked. Oh, yeah, I believe... So I, In this theory where, you know, all of her kids are living with their respective fathers and grandparents, I think Janelle will just run away and then post, you know, Instagram pictures occasionally proving to the world that she's a great mom. But the only reason Janelle has these kids, in my opinion, is because one, it bonds her to the father and she thinks the only way to have a family is to have children and two, to prove to the MTV audience that she's a good parent, which is not a great reason to have kids. And you can so tell in this car scene that this is what's going on and that she's just not made out for this. And it's depressing to watch. And this is what I mean when I'm like, she has no fucking coping skills. She has no coping skills. Like, she has no ability to self-soothe or calm down at all. And we saw that in the car scene. Like, I feel like a normal, healthy person would just be able to ignore Kaiser. You just ignore him for the 20-minute car ride. You let him scream. You just, it's part of being a parent. Listening to a baby scream is part of being a parent. And Janelle, girl, you signed up for this. So Janelle gets home. Her next scene is giving him a bath. He's very cute. Um, <laughs> very cute. And it's the next morning, and David goes to take the kids somewhere. And so she's at home with Ensley and trying to unpack and has a conversation with uh, Chris and her producer. And 
she's like, you know, I'm happy at the end of the day, but like, I have no time for myself. I'm like confused about life, but I'm like glad we're in this house. And Janelle, she feeds Ensley. And I am noticing that she seems pretty connected with Ensley. And I understand that for 15 minutes, I just ranted that Janelle has no maternal instinct and that she shouldn't have any kids and she's a terrible parent. But I also changed my opinions very quickly. And I will say <laughs> in this scene, I like thought that she was being appropriate with Ensley and seemed like appropriately into her. And I mean, I was even impressed that like she got up to feed the baby. That's how low the bar is with Janelle. But I think she is bonding with Ensley at least Ugh, a little bit. Janelle says that like she's not feeling good about her body and she wants to go to the gym, but she can't go because Ensley is too little for the daycare there. And it's like, no shit. Ensley is a, a month old <laughs> at the time of this filming. Ensley is a literal infant, but Janelle like has no concept of the fact that like you don't just like send infants to the gym daycare. <laughs> So she's like, ugh, she's not old enough to go to the gym, the, the, the daycare at the gym. And it's like, yeah, girl, like, you don't send your infant to the gym daycare with the 18-year-old who gets paid $8 an hour to watch her. Ay, 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 ay. And Kier, why do I want to call her Kirsten? I, is her name Kirsten or Kristen? Whatever the producer's name is. Um, is like, okay, well, couldn't, like, you go and David stays with the kids? And Janelle's like... Oh, no, no, but we want to go together. And it's like, well, yeah, of course, of course, of course. Janelle can't do anything on her own. Why am I so surprised? Uh, apparently, David's stressed by the clutter of the house. And when he gets home, he's just very upset that there's stuff everywhere. And my question is, like, where is he really getting home from? Because it's not like he has a job or goes to school or does uh, anything like that. So, you know, maybe... He should just help her unpack. A crazy solution, right? So our final Janelle scene is real great. It's real great. Uh, David and Janelle are in the car with Marissa. And Marissa's in the back seat on her phone. And they're going to get a Kaiser. And David and Janelle start fighting because Janelle wanted to go to the gym. Now, who else had flashbacks to being in the back seat of your parents' car as they screamed and cursed out each other? I know it was more than just me. <laughs> my parents' favorite place to fight was in the car with us in the back seat with my mom, you know, call, with my dad calling my mom a fucking bitch, my dad, my mom calling my dad a fucking asshole or a dickhead. It was great. And that's exactly what Janelle and David did. It, it really made me feel like home. Um, <laughs> God. I have to laugh at it, but I saw that I was like, oh, yikes. <laughs> this is familiar. So Janelle's pissed because she wanted to like wake up in the morning, go to the gym. And David's like, literally since when? I've never heard you mention that. And Janelle starts getting mad. And David says something great, which is you need to make a plan and do something different. Don't sit in your bed all day on your damn phone. And I was like, okay, that sounds legit. David was being an asshole and cursing too much. And they shouldn't have had this fight in front of Marissa. But I agreed with him. <laughs> Janelle just, like, will randomly throw out, like, I've wasted the whole day and I wanted to go to the gym. And David's like, you literally have never mentioned the gym to me before in your entire life. Like, how, go to the gym. Uh, the fight ended with David getting out of the car and slamming the door. And Janelle said, this is not fun. It's not fun at all. And this is the second or third time this season Janelle has mentioned having fun. And I'm really wondering, like, who exactly told Janelle that having kids or life in general is fun um I'm like not sure why she's so obsessed with the concept of fun but someone needs to let her know like yeah life with literally four kids possibly five if you end up getting visitation of uh David's son Caden is not fun and it's never gonna be fun that's just how the cookie crumbles hun it's so weird. Janelle is so weird. I love her so much, guys. So let's go on to Brianna, who took Nova to get her hair straightened, which was a little disappointing. But you know what? It's her kid. She gets to do what she wants. Um, and obviously, like, I'm not black, so I'm not going to sit here and, like, act like I get to say in what she does to her daughter's hair. 
Devon comes over and I just want to know what's going on with me that I think like Devon is extremely attractive and I am intent on the show. I'm like all on board with Devon is a good dad, even though he is not in any way, shape or form. I'm so into him showing up places. I've set the bar so low that he showed up in this episode and I was like fucking thrilled out of my mind. I was like, he's being a dad two episodes in a row. I have the bar so low, guys. It's pretty pathetic. It's, I admit, it's pretty fucking pathetic. Um, but Nova looks really cute with her straight hair, although I prefer it curly. Um, but you know, we all have to do what we all have to do. Right, Nova? I love Nova. I think she's the smartest person in that family. Um, I think she's the one that Brianna has to go to if she wants to do anything to ask permission. I just assume Nova just, like, runs the show. She just runs the show. <laughs> Uh, so we get a scene of Brittany and Brianna talking about going to the adoption agency. By the way, I was just like violently rocking in my chair. And then I remembered I'm like recording a podcast and that I have a strong microphone and I'm sure it picked up the sound. So I apologize, but my ADD is so bad. Sometimes I like didn't even realize I was rocking in my chair for a full minute until I like snapped into it. You, my ADD listeners, you understand what I'm saying? (laughs) It's so bad. I just like find myself doing these like physical movements and I'm like fuck how long have I been doing this for like do I look crazy right now that's neither here nor there imagine if I had a podcast where I just like didn't go off on tangents I don't think you guys would like it as much you know I do think like the whole for me I'm not interested in doing like a straightforward recap show and I don't think you guys are interested in watching that I'm not interested in reading a recap that's just like this is what happened, and this is what happened, and this is what happened. What's the fun in that? I really do love feeling like I'm just talking to my friends over a microphone, and then I love discussing it afterwards. And if that means I tell you about my ADD moments, like, then it means I tell you about my ADD moments. You know, I'm not on Adderall anymore, guys. Like, they're gonna be tangents. Oh my god, imagine if I had a podcast when I was still, like, in active addiction, and I was doing these on Adderall. Oh god. I was just telling my boss the other day that I used to, like, take so much Adderall because I would have, like, tests, like, and I would, like, think it would make me want to study for my tests, but all I, it would do would be, like, I'd be speeding out of my mind, and obviously I still didn't want to do my, like, paper or whatever or study, so I used to, like, especially in this one apartment that I lived in, I would get on my hands and knees in the bathroom, and I would use a toothbrush and scrub the bathroom floor and then scrub the entire bathroom with the toothbrush, basically. (laughs) And I would spend, like, five hours doing this. (laughs) It was so sick. God, if I had a podcast, I mean, I wouldn't be regular. It'd be late all the time. But I'm sure it'd be interesting to hear me high on a podcast. I keep thinking if I do ever relapse, I'll, like, come on here high as fuck, and everyone will be like, you are crazy. Okay, now I'm really off topic. Love you guys. (laughs) Okay, so Brianna and Brittany are talking about going to the adoption agency and Lewis can't come because he can't call out of work. And Brittany's like, I called out of work. And Brianna's like, it's fine. Like, shut up. Like, he can't call out of work. It's okay that he couldn't come. And Brianna said, or excuse me, Brittany says that she wants to call, start calling Lewis Lulu. I'm not really sure why. And they talk about how they want, they need to figure out, like, what they're going to do if Lewis won't find with he won't sign off on the adoption they need some loopholes and they say they want to give the baby to a gay couple which like is great um Brianna's like a lesbian couple or like two dads and Brittany's like I wish I had two dads gay as hell that'd be so dope I get home from school and then we'd like I'd say yo let me take a shower and then we'll have a kiki together and Brianna doesn't know what a kiki is so Brittany explains that it means like to laugh and joke around and I don't know. It was just kind of a weird scene. Like, I don't think it was, like, purposely derogatory. Like, I don't think Brittany was, like, being homophobic. Like, I wouldn't say that. But, (laughs) I don't know. It was kind of weird. I'm, like, not sure what Brittany thinks, like, gay dads are like. (laughs) But, you know, like, it was the thought that counts. It was a nice sentiment. Even though I still think this whole adoption storyline is bullshit. So they go to meet the adoption counselor, and I will say she, like, seemed very nice and trustworthy, and I got just, like, a totally different vibe from her. 
than I did from Bethany Christian Services, although I did find them to be pretty... I'll get into this. So they go over the different types of adoptions, and, you know, Brianna says like she wants to have at least a semi-open adoption, and basically asks, like, so what happens if my baby daddy doesn't sign off on this? And the adoption counselor... I don't know if it was edited weird or they were, like, being deceitful to Brittany. And basically says, like, they would send Lewis a letter and then he has 30 days to respond to that letter. And if in the 30 days he doesn't emotionally and physically provide for Brianna, that his parental rights will be terminated. Which is so fucking inaccurate. I, I, I can't even begin to explain that's not how adoption works so i'm i'm hoping that mtv just edited this weird i mean like not hoping that because it's a deceitful thing to show the audience but it would be a real bummer if it was the adoption counselor that was telling her this but i'm pretty sure what she meant was first of all parental rights like don't get terminated before a baby's born because there's no parental rights to terminate the baby has to be born and Almost all states that I know of, I should have researched Florida first before I got on this with my big mouth and started yapping. But, you know, for parental rights to be terminated, there has to be a baby. They don't even... Guys, to give up a baby for adoption, both parents have to sign off. A father does not have to provide any emotional or physical support to the mother at all during pregnancy. I mean, morally, obviously they should... But it's not a legal obligation. I'm pretty, pretty sure what they meant is once the baby is born, they would send a letter to Lewis saying you have 30 days to respond to this or you're forfeiting your parental rights. And then Lewis would have to go to court, establish that he is in fact the legal father, maybe through DNA or maybe he's put on the birth certificate, and then he would have to petition the court for custody of the child. Then he would have to get sole custody of the child and Brianna would have to pay him child support. This is how it works. You can't just give a baby up for adoption without both parents consenting. The parent that does not consent takes custody of the child and the non-consenting parent will have to pay child support. I have no fucking clue what that adoption lady was talking about. He is not going to... To terminate parental rights is extremely serious and a court is not terminating parental rights because he didn't show up for doctor's appointments. Now, if she was saying, and MTV just didn't show us this, if she was saying that the court will consider his involvement through your pregnancy, maybe, and also his involvement in the first 30 days of this child's life, then yes. Like, they will obviously consider if Lewis doesn't check in. But even still, biology almost trumps everything. At least this is my understanding of it, and this is something I, like, kind of know a little bit about because I'm a fucking nerd and if anybody disagrees with me or I'm wrong like please hit me up let me know let me know the Florida statutes I'm definitely down for it but my basic understanding of adoption is that both parents absolutely have to sign off on it and that if one parent consents or like doesn't consent that they're able to take custody of the child so I don't know I don't know what that adoption lady was talking about uh So, Brianna meets with Lewis, and I just want to comment that Brianna was, like, clearly in her work clothes, but, you know, they have not addressed the fact that she's a job at all, and Brianna's basically like, well, it doesn't really matter what you want because the adoption counselor told me that, like, we'll just send you a letter and then you have 30 days and we can take the baby. (laughs) And I just really think it was oversimplified to poor Brianna, and Brianna's not a very smart girl and they can't oversimplify things. It's just not fair to her. So, Lewis is like, look, like, I want to be with you. Like, I fucked up. I know. But, like, I want to be with you and I want this baby. And Brianna is just, like, totally shut down. And Lewis is like, aren't you attached to the baby? And she's like, no, I guess not. And I think Brianna was lying. I think Brianna is just, like, really, really, really good at shutting down emotions. That girl, like, can turn ice cold on a second's notice. So yeah, I think by next week we're going to be done with the adoption storyline. I think adoption storyline is like basically donezo. I am excited to see them drop it. And this week Brianna like made an Instagram post basically saying that 
neither of her uh, parents are in, excuse me, neither of her children's fathers are involved in their lives and that she's doing it all herself. So I guess Lewis is not showing up, which is a shame. I was kind of hoping he would, but you know, this is why partner choice is important. And it's like really painful for me, as I've said a million times, to watch these scenes knowing that she backed out of an abortion because he told her he would be there for her. Oh, Brianna. I'm, I think I've said this, like, I'm fully on board with Brianna on this show. I'm into it. Thanks for listening, guys. To hear the rest of this week's episode, come on over to patreon.com slash ebpsychos. Also, make sure you're checking out the other Emotionally Broken Psychos podcast. We have On the Plus Side with Lisa Angela, which is all about being overweight. It's amazing, guys. It's so good. We have The Smush Room with Troy McGeady, which is so fucking funny. It's about couples that dated that you might not have known have dated. Check out my episode with him on Farrah and James Dean. It's Troy. Troy's a legend. I'm obsessed. We also now have Realizing Stuff with Kara and Ryan. Kara Berry and Ryan Bailey. It's all about Life of Kylie, which, like, you don't even have to watch. It's just so funny and clever, and those two of them crack me up. Seriously, guys. And, of course, we have our mothership, Emotionally Broken Psychos. I might even be leaving pods out. We have so many pods now under our international lifestyle brand. Seriously, come check them out. They're all funny and fun. And if you like reality TV, you will like the rest of our pods. It's such a fun family to be involved in. I listen to all of them. Come on over. And, I mean, most of them are free. You don't even have to be Patreon members for most of them. So come find us. Love you guys. Have a great week. Bye. This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psychos Patreon exclusive. Executive producers Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley. Produced by Nicole Matthews. Special thanks to Sarah DiGiovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards. www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos and come on over to our Facebook page for more discussion.